gosh. Uh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can tell Jay and Todd are not here because we just slow clapped. And Nick's doing announcements. So we are we're all switching. Like Nick is not really comfortable doing announcements. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> and I'm not really comfortable doing this. But God's good, so we're going to have fun today. Uh, man, like Nick was saying, you know, usually I'm in the back, kind of in the shadows, and I enjoy that, um, getting to worship. Um, man, I get to travel um, and do worship music just with a uh, traveling worship band also, on the, kind of on the side. And, man, throughout, throughout my life, I've gotten to see a lot of different um, just kind of people worshiping, adults to students, and how that they, some are super charismatic, some are not as charismatic. Um, you know, for me, growing up, I was in a church that uh, when I was little, I would stand when my music minister would tell me to stand. I'd sit whenever my music minister told me to sit. And then I would go, and that's what I thought worship was there. You know, I thought worship, depending on where you were, that's how you were supposed to worship. That's what I thought. In my church building, I was supposed to stand up, sit down, and be quiet. And then, then I'd go to Falls Creek. And then come Thursday night, because you've got to wait till Thursday, then I could maybe get the courage to close my eyes and kind of maybe hold the TV out a little bit or maybe do the one slow little hand raise. And then we got to Super Summer, which is a youth leadership camp that's like the big leagues of worship. That's whenever I could just, man, worship. I didn't care because everybody else was doing it with me. You know, one thing that as I went through that, that was me learning how to worship. One of the biggest mistakes that I made through that is that I kept looking at the people beside me. I kept looking horizontally about, man, what's that person doing? What's the, what are they doing? What are they thinking about me? Rather than looking at, man, God, what do you want for me? What worship, what, what is it to worship? Why do we worship? How do you want me to worship? So that's one thing that we're going to do today is um, today we're going to look at Jesus, what Jesus says about uh, the kind of worshipers God wants. Today, at the end of this, I want us all leaving, um, asking ourselves, man, is our worship true spiritual worship, and do we do that daily? Um, so, the passage that we're going to be in, just to kind of set it up, um, Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman at a well. Um, the Samaritans were a people of mixed Gentile and Jewish blood who lived in the area of the west side of Jordan River, between Judea and Galilee. The Jews detested them and would not travel through Samaria and defile themselves. So already, Jesus is in an area that he's not really supposed to be. Um, Jews would go all the way around different areas, just so that they didn't have to go through even to defile themselves. So there was a lot of hatred for these two groups of people. Um, Jews worshipped God, and these people worshipped all kinds of things. They worshipped two different things. They lived two different lives. They were completely different so that's where we pick up is John 4, 21 through 24. It says, Woman, Jesus, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountains nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are kind of worshiper the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worship, worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. If you guys would bow with me, and then we'll kind of get into this. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you 
uh, for who you are. Um, God, we thank you for your word and the truths that are in your word. Father, pray to, I pray today that um, you speak through me. Um, let me get out of the way and let your Holy Spirit do, do the work. Amen. So, the first thing, worship appears eight times in this passage. So, the thing that we need to look at is one, like what even is worship? A simple, simple definition for this is honor paid to a superior being. Um, that's worship. A simple, very simple word to define. It means giving homage, homage, honor, reverence, respect, adoration, praise, glory. So one thing growing up for me, I always wondered why about a lot. And I feel like a lot of kids do. That's, I have a four-year-old niece right now that all she does is ask me why. Why do we need to do that? Why do we need to do that? So for me, but that is something that I look at. I get so annoyed with her, but I do that all the time. Why do I need to make my bed if I'm going to get back in it in eight hours? I still ask that question to my wife. And so, I mean, those are things that for me, I feel like before we can go anywhere, we've got to know why, why do we do something? Why are we worshiping? Um, Psalms 47, 1 through 2, I feel like makes this very clear. It says, come everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. And one word in that is so easily missed, but I feel like it is why we worship, and that's the word for. For the Lord Most High is awesome. And we worship God for God is who God is. We worship because of who God is and what God has done. Our worship is a response to God, to God's nature and activity. So why do we worship? Because he's God. <laughs> Blown away, huh? I know that's not like, that's not a big statement. That's nothing that you probably have never heard. But the thing is, is we have to know that despite everything that he does, the reason why we worship is because he is God. But for some sitting there, and even for me, I was like, you know, that's sometimes hard for me just to grasp that picture just because it is so big. Like, we worship because he's God, okay. But there's some of the kind of lists that God started laying on my heart, things that he's done for us that are all encompassed of who God is. Um, so we're just going to kind of look at a couple lists of, that, of kind of why I worship. Um, things that really resonate with me of who God is. And the first one is, man, he set us free. Galatians 5.15 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Um, the message says, don't let the harness of slavery like, hold you down. Like that harness and that just kind of heaviness that it is. Man, I, I think about like horses when they have those huge things on their like, shoulders. They're just heavy. You know, but God has set us free where he's taken that off and we just have to walk in that freedom. Man, he loves you. Um, John 3.16, verse that we all know. But for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And he created you. Uh, Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Man, one thing that that one is sometimes hard because maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I don't really like what God created, but know that God created and made you just like how he wanted you. And that is a truth that is sometimes really hard for a lot of us to um, understand. And especially with our students, sometimes that's really hard because 
we look at it and we say, man, God created this? I mean, I've said that daily and stuff. But then I look around and I'm like, Lord, you made me this way for a reason. Um, and he guides us. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And so those are multiple different reasons, way more than what I can even write down of why we worship God. You know, we worship God because God is God. We worship Him because He set us free, because He loves us. But man, we, man, make your own list. I mean, sitting here thinking about everything that this God's done for me is, man, He's given me friends that, um, like Nick said, man, just how God has got me even here is just crazy because He's guided me to Summit. Man, friends that I can look out and see that have been completely saved and taken that slavery off of and just set free, even in this room. And it just blows me away. So that's why we worship. So now we look at how do we worship. So verse 23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So in spirit and truth, worship has to be passionate from within based on the truth of why we worship. So spirit is worship must have heart. We have to have a little bit of passion in you. Um, That's something that the Lord has really laid on my heart for this year, for 2014, is man, to be passionate about who Christ is. You know, it's so easy to go to work and to go places, to go to 7-Eleven and not be passionate about who Jesus is. That's just for me. The truth is worship must have knowledge of the truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, John Piper says this, Worship must engage your emotions and worship must engage your thought. Truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy in a church full of unspiritual fighters. Emotion without truth produces empty frenzy and cultivates flaky people who reject the discipline of rigorous thought. Man, so if we know all the truth of the gospel, we know the Bible, but we're not doing anything with it, then we're unspiritual fighters. And that's, we're not living a life that people are lost out there. We're not really caring about those things because we know the truth, and so we're just going to keep it to ourselves. Man, but on the other way, if we don't know the truth and we're just going out, man, we don't even know which way to go because we're just going to be saying what we think and just based off of what I think, most of the time is completely wrong. <laughs> so I, we need the truth of the Bible. We need the truth of the gospel to guide us and to push us that way. And the truth of God's word needs to be the wood to our fire when, whenever we're worshiping. Man, we have to know the truth and then act on those truths. Um, the word spirit, um, kind of, whenever I was going through this, I was kind of thinking about two different kind of aspects of spirit. Um, one of them is kind of me, just my spirit, like how I feel, my, just my actual spirit. And then I thought, okay, but what about like, is that talking about worshiping in the Holy Spirit and doing the things in the Holy Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit and all those things that I've heard about over my life. But John 3, 6 says, Jesus said that flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. So when you accept the truth of Jesus and accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit and your spirit become one. 
So it's both those things. Man, when God breathes his life into you, when you accept the free gift of eternal life, man, those things combine. And so we're just supposed to worship out of our spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Your spirit comes from being dead to being alive in Christ. So when Jesus says his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth, man, it means to be a passionate follower of Christ. We have to know his teachings and apply them. We have to realize God is in control and Jesus is enough. And that statement that Todd said a couple years ago has really stuck with me. Um, that God is in control and Jesus is enough. Man, that truth uh, for a lot of us is really hard to grasp. Man, for me, this semester, um, I got married last March. So being married is a new thing for us. And we've gone through a lot of heartache this semester. Um, it was right at the beginning and... Just a lot of things went on. I lost an uncle, and then we dealt with Taylor's grandpa being in ICU for two to three months of night after night being up there and just seeing hurt and seeing those things. And then him passing away also. And, you know, those, (laughs) so in those times of, man, just beat down, just heartache times for me and Taylor, it's been a very tough thing to say, man, yes, God, you are in control and you are enough. You know, and that's, that's not an easy truth to realize. But man, like we were talking about, man, Amazing Grace, that song, I love that song. It's one of my new favorite songs. It's just talking about the love of Christ and how He came and He died for you. Man, the truth that He never leaves you. You know, we're going to see in a minute about not for a moment did He ever leave your side. So, the guys are going to come out, okay? I'm a little bit short-winded than Todd, which is good. Um, but the guys are going to come out, and we're going to look at how can we apply these truths um, to worship. And so many times as a church, um, including myself, we go to church and we go to things based on, man, how cool is the atmosphere, how good is the music, how new is the music, or how old the music is. You know, we look so much, like I said, at horizontal things that don't matter, that a lot of times we don't look at who Christ is. You know, I've gone back to my home church, and it's a different style of music, and it's a different preaching style, but at the same time, the Lord has shown me, man, it doesn't matter how it's presented. If the truth is being presented, all I need to be staring at is Him. I need to quit worrying about what's going on beside me. Whenever you're worshiping, stop worrying about the people beside you. And when we do those things, and when we focus so much on the cool atmosphere, the lights, the music, those things, man, we're worshiping not out of spirit and truth, we're worshiping out of a selfish desire about who, what, what it feels like to me. Um, I had a friend tell me one time, he was talking about just kind of the act of raising your hands and the act of surrender, and he was talking about, man, there's those times that I raise my hands out of complete, like, yes, I get it, man, my spirit is just feeling it. Lord is good. I don't even know what's going on. So that's the only thing I know what to do. But then there's other times that he said that I, man, I'm not feeling it. I don't believe those truths. But because of the word and because God is faithful, he knows he can say, man, God, I believe this. It's hard to understand this right now and it's hard to see this. But God, I trust you and I trust trust in who you are. So here's just a couple things to help us focus more on 
the Lord and not focus so much on ourselves. Man, one, we've got to know the truth. We've got to know the truth about the gospel. We've got to know the truth about the word. Man, if you don't know what that even means, man, Jesus came and he died for you. He died and rose again, and that is the greatest news that we, we can ever have. Man, with that, one of the things that I put is just smile. Smile during worship. I know it's such a small thing. But at the same time, we're singing about God's grace. We're singing about God's love and how he just cares for you. And yet, so many times, and I'm so guilty of this, man, I'll sit and I'll just, which there's no passion for that. There's nothing in us that says, man, that truth drives our spirit to that passionate worship. Man, don't worry about people around you. Don't worry about the band. Don't, don't worry that the lights are up, down, the music's too loud, the music's too soft. Man, focus on Him. Man, get excited about the truth. And be passionate about who Jesus is because Jesus is passionate about you. Jesus loves and cares for you and he pursues you and he created you and he loves you and he sets you free. Man, we've got to start waking up and start saying, Lord, I am passionate for you. I believe these truths. And we're going to have people down front um, that you might be in a place that you've never accepted that truth. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Man, do that. Get get take care of that today man there's some of you that are maybe in that kind of hard time i was talking about that these truths of the gospel and these truths of the bible are hard to really grasp and understand it's hard to say man god you've never left me for a moment and yet i may be going through divorce i may be going through a death in my family i may be going through a breakup man god has never left you nor will he forsake you and so if that's you and you're having a hard time saying, I believe these truths right now, man, we have some people down here that just want to pray over you, give you encouragement, and to let you know that, man, the truth is the truth. It's not, it's, it's not going anywhere. God's still going to be here. Psalms 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. Man, stand with us and through the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Let us worship a spiritual worship that is focused on Him.